0: You may be seated. So today, I want to welcome you again to this outdoor service. And I know it's a little warm out here. The air conditioning is on inside. It's not on out here. And so we may have to just be a little uncomfortable for a few minutes. But we can do that as we worship the one true God of the universe. Because today, uh, if you would, open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. And in Hebrews chapter 13, we come to the beginning of the end of the book of Hebrews. So, at we're we're starting at the end, the beginning of the end, so we kind of need to see what has come before to get a little understanding of what the author of Hebrews, and I'm okay with whoever you believe that to be, whoever the author of Hebrews is, and what he's saying to this congregation that he has written to, to challenge them, to exhort them, to encourage them, to strengthen their faith in the one true God of the universe, and in his son, Jesus, Jesus Christ, who died for their sins and made it possible that through his blood they might come to know the Father. Because as the Spirit calls, they have come to know. But Hebrews in essence truly is written as a book, if you walk through from chapter 1 all the way through chapter 13, that points to and toward the supremacy of Christ. It points toward his greatness. It points toward him being over over and above everything that has come before him and the supremacy of Christ is brought out over and over and over again throughout the book of Hebrews and so we see that Christ is superior to everything That means that Christ's sacrifice was superior to the sacrifices of old. That means that Christ, as really brought out at its foremost in the book of Hebrews, the priesthood of Christ is greater than the priesthood of the Levitical priesthood. And so he is superior to that. His sacrifice is superior to that. And that means that the relationship that we enter into with him and with the Father is greater than the relationship that was entered into by Israel as they were called out and set apart by God to be his people. And so it means that we are in a more perfect relationship. We are in a greater relationship because of the sacrifice of God. That also means that as we look around at the brothers and sisters in faith locally and around the world, that our relationship and the bond that ties us together, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, is far greater than the bond that held Israel together, which is the blood of kinship and the familial relationship that was. The relationship that we have together is far superior to the relationship that they had together and they could call each other by the blood that coursed through their veins brothers and sisters. They were called out and set apart as a nation of God's people called to be a nation of priests to point people in his direction to lead them to the truth of who he was to live it out as they loved each other as they served him and as they served one another. The relationship that we have is greater than that. So I want to encourage you that if you want to understand that, let's look at, look at Moses. Moses said, I will leave the palace of Pharaoh so that I might be with my brothers and sisters. That I might be with my people. I will leave the comforts of the palace and the prestige that it brings to walk among the slaves because they are my people. Brothers and sisters, I would tell you that the book of Hebrews moves us to the point that we need to understand and to see clearly that because of the relationship that we have with one another through the blood of Jesus Christ covering us and called into his family, children of God, that our relationship should lead us to do far greater than Moses being willing to sacrifice living in and amongst the palace to live amongst the slaves it should challenge us that our relationship is greater so our love, our sacrifice, and our service should be greater than that of anything that has come before. So when we look at Moses and we marvel at his willingness to sacrifice his position we come to ourselves and we look and we say we should be willing to sacrifice every position that we might have for the glory of God and the benefit of his saints. And that's you and I who have who've been called according to His purpose, who have been drawn out of death and placed into life. It's those of us who have come into a discipling relationship with the one true God. We've become disciples and because of that, our relationship is greater. It's far superior. And we need to see it in that light. That the relationship we have as brothers and sisters in Christ overcomes every relationship that we could possibly have in the world. It takes precedence over every relationship that we have in this world because it is superior because of what it is that actually binds us together. And so when we come to chapter 13 of the book of Hebrews, beginning in verse 1, and this is the command of God, let brotherly love continue. And then in chapter 2, this is the command of God, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. We say we want to obey and follow the commands of God. This is the command of God. This is the imperative statement that the author of Hebrews is giving to the congregation of God. Those who've been called out and set apart as a nation of priests. Those that have been called together as brothers and sisters of God. Those that have been brought into the family relationship with the Most High God and His Son Jesus Christ all through the blood of Jesus. He says, and it is a command, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. I don't know about you, but I do understand the aspects and the ties of brotherly love. I understand the relationship that two brothers might have. I understand because I am one of a set of brothers. My other brother is two years older than I am. Our relationship is good. We don't talk every week. We don't talk every other week. We talk when we need to talk. And when something just comes up, we want to share with one another. But either one of us, if we were to contact or call the other one and say, I need you right now, would drop everything we had going on and attend to the needs of our brother because that's brotherly love the author of Hebrews did not just make a mistake he didn't just randomly select what he was saying here but he wanted to to gain fully the attention of the hearers of the word to the readers of the word and he wanted them to understand that this is a different relationship than just caring about the person next to you in the seat just caring about the person that is next to you in the house this this is a call to have a familial relationship love, care, and concern for those that are in the body of Christ. To have a concern that means that I will drop everything and run to your side and do whatever is necessary no matter the cost to myself if you need me. You know, brothers and sisters, I've been at Iron City about two years. And I'm going to make a couple of statements, and I don't mean them negative toward any church or any other pastor or person or anything else. I mean them positively about this church and this body. So I'm not going to name any names or anything like that. But in the county where we sit and in our local region, I believe at the bottom of my heart that we have the greatest church available for the people of Calhoun County to come to, to join with, to attend, to be a part of, and to serve with. I believe that at the bottom of my heart, that this is the best church in our county to come and to serve. I believe that theologically we are as accurate as we possibly can with an understanding of Scripture and longing to understand it and it alone and let us drive what we do and how we do what we do. I believe that you have leaders amongst us who are godly men and godly women who strive to do in everything what God has placed in their hearts and what He has put before them and what He is calling them to do. I believe that everything that we do, we attempt to ground in the Word of God as John said at the beginning of this service. That we attempt to root everything we do in the Word of God of God. Brothers and sisters, I believe this might be the missing piece that we need to put in place so that the Spirit of God might overcome us and that the Word of God might overcome us and that the power of God might be flowing through us to reach the world around us. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. That means, first and foremost, that it has to have been there. It has to have started. It has to be going on and it must continue into the future indefinitely. There's no place in Scripture where the love for the brothers and sisters, where the love for the saints is acknowledged as stopping for us. We are called to love the saints. We're called to love one another. As a matter of fact, John ties this directly to our relationship with God. And if you would, turn with me to John chapter 13. Because in John chapter 13, I think we really do get a glimpse of what it means and what it, the seriousness of the love that we're supposed to have. And this love, as, as we see, is not just a love of words. It's not just a a feeling that we are supposed to have toward one another. But in John chapter 13, verse 35, he says this, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. What should our strategy for reaching the community around us be? How are we supposed to go out into our community and take the truth of the gospel? How are we supposed to influence and encourage those around us to draw them into the kingdom of God so that they might experience the presence of God and the Spirit of God overwhelming their lives? It's this. He says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another, The world around you will see and understand and know that you are followers of God because the love that we should have for one another is a love that looks different. It's a love that does not compare to the love that they have for each other. It's a love that is overwhelming and is stirring and is moving and draws us closer and closer and closer. It's a love that is willing to do anything because, you see, that's what a brotherly love truly is. Brotherly love is not just, oh, I love you. It's not just feelings. It's not just some emotion. It's not just some statement of care and concern. Brotherly love is a love that begins and ends by taking actions toward one another to clearly demonstrate that love for one another. So how are we encouraging one another in the faith? How are we demonstrating the supremacy of Christ as Hebrews would encourage us? How are we demonstrating the supremacy of the relationship that we have with the Father? How are we demonstrating the supremacy of the relationship that we should have with one another on a daily, day-to-day, ongoing basis? I'm not talking about caring about somebody and loving somebody on Sunday morning. That's great. That's good. You know what? When I go get gas, I like the lady behind the counter. She's a nice lady. I I even demonstrate that I care about her by asking about her day, by seeing what's going on in her life. Do I love her? Do I have this kind of care and concern for her? No. Would I drop everything for her? No. But us... It's different. We don't ask how you are on Sunday morning to get the pat answer, I'm fine, thank you, and let's move on because we don't want to talk about that. We ask you how you are so that you might open up your heart to us. So we can know the truth of what's going on. So that we can understand who you are. So that we can understand how you're feeling. So that we can understand the significance of what's going on in your life. Because what I do know about every one of you is that you each one have something significant going on in your life right now. It may seem small to other people, but it's huge to you. And we need the body of Christ to come around us and to encourage us and to equip us and to demonstrate the love that moves us to action that is brotherly love. There's two parts to that though you must share with us instead of bottling it all up inside. Most of us are really good at hiding what's really going on and not allowing people into our lives so that we can be loved and cared for by them. And most of the time, it's because we've been hurt. It's because we've been injured by someone. It's because someone has said they care. It's someone has said they really care about us. Oh, I love you. I care about you. Tell me what's going on. And then they've used that against us in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But brotherly love doesn't do that. Brotherly love hears the need, hears the concern, hears the brokenness and the sadness, and it moves us to do something about it. It drives us with compassion. It drives us to action. It causes us to be stirred out of doing nothing and into doing something for one another. So brothers and sisters, let me encourage you today. Let brotherly love continue. Let it continue in your lives because I believe that it has started. I believe that it is here. I do believe that it needs to grow and it needs to expand and it needs to open up. But I know there's love here. I know there's care here. I know there's concern here. But what he does in this next verse, he takes this love and he says, Yes, let brotherly love continue, but also what I'm commanding you is not to neglect the showing of hospitality to strangers. So it's, it's love for the brothers and sisters in faith that are in Christ with us. It's care and concern for the body of Christ that we have joined together. It's this brotherly love for them, but... In the midst of that, we can't be so overwhelmed with loving and being affectionate toward and caring for one another that those who are on the outside looking in, we never tell them, show them that we care about them also. Now, first and foremost, this would have been directed toward those in the body of Christ. Those who needed to have hospitality shown to them as they traveled from place to place. Because in this time span, ends were notorious for ripping people off, for allowing their things to be stolen, and for being just places of ill repute. And so when travelers were coming through, they didn't have places to stay. But remember, we're bonded together by a bond that is superior to that of family. We're bonded together by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when a believer came into town, when a follower of the way came into town, when a disciple of Jesus came into town, they should always have a place to stay. They should always have a place where they feel at home. Because that's what we do for brothers and sisters, isn't it? That's what we do for family. We don't bring them in for a period of time and make them feel obligated to pay us or obligated to leave so quickly. We bring our family in and we care for them. We love them. We we encourage them. We don't kick them out on the street. We call them into our home. And so he calls us, he says, your love must be demonstrated by showing hospitality. That hospitality first to those brothers and sisters who you're covered with the same blood of Jesus Christ, that you're bonded in the relationship that you have with the Heavenly Father through the blood of Christ and the call of the Spirit. It's those individuals, those disciples of Jesus that we're to show hospitality to also. And we don't know them. They are strangers. They don't have a place in our area to call home. We don't know them. They're just people coming through they're followers of the way the disciples of Jesus and we're called to show hospitality to them and that's challenging it, it was challenging in their day because they didn't have a whole lot of stuff to give. They didn't have big houses, most of them. They would have had a, a place to live for the most part. They would have had a place to lay their bed. They would have had enough food for their family and enough to take care of them. That's why you had the parable of the man going at midnight to his friend when someone comes. Because he, had enough for, he didn't have enough for a stranger. But he was willing to do what it took to go get it so that he... Might be hospitable. This is why that among the elders, if you read the qualifications for elders, it's a requirement that we be hospitable, that we be encouraging to the saints, that we'd be willing to to bring in brothers and sisters of God. Or to be hospitable to one another. And so as they travel through, they would have opened them up a place to stay. But it's a little difficult for us too, right? Being hospitable is not the easiest thing in the world today because today what we have, we have Southern living, right? And I know, ladies, that living in the South, that you read Southern living and you get it, or if you don't read it and take it because you don't want to pay for it, that's most of us, that we've seen the covers and we've seen the pictures in the inside of these houses or we've watched the cooking shows and we watch the Pioneer Woman as she has this great place to entertain and this great place to cook. And then we turn around from our televisions or turn around from our magazine, we look at our house, And it's quite different. It's it's not quite the same thing. It's not the same place. We can't offer the same amenities. I, I can't cook like her. I can't entertain like her. I don't have the space for people like they have. Neither did they in the New Testament. Let me encourage you. If you are showing hospitality to someone, Your house doesn't have to look like a Spick and Span commercial. Your house doesn't have to look like it could be in the photo shoot for the next Southern Living magazine. It just doesn't have to be all of that. What it has to be is hospitable. That's right. It has to be welcoming and inviting and encouraging and longing for people to come in so that you can show the love of Christ to them by simply bringing them into your home and sharing a meal and fellowship and a good time with them. And you can eat dinner or you can eat crackers. You can drink coffee, water, or tea. It does not matter. You can play cards or you can watch television and the ball games together being hospitable, bringing in those who need care, knowing that those brothers and sisters around us sometimes just need encouragement and call in and say, why don't you come over here and spend the evening with us? I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. It's encouraging to me to be around brothers and sisters, know that someone loves me and cares about me enough to call me and say, hey, I want to have dinner with you and let's just have a good time afterwards. Just come on. It's a great and a wonderful thing. And then he continues this. He says, because it's not just that we're to show this love and this concern and this care for one another, but as we do this to strangers, as we do this, as we show hospitality, as we demonstrate the brotherly love that we have for one another to those who are in need, he says that... Some have entertained angels unawares. Now, I know that in a lot of current writing and reading, there's a lot of stories about people showing hospitality, caring for someone, meeting the needs of someone, and turning around and they're gone. And I don't, I have no idea whether those are true or not true. Does not matter. What the Bible says is that some have entertained angels unawares. I believe that the author of Hebrews is clearly pointing us back to the Old Testament. He's clearly pointing us back to um, people like Gideon when he sat there under the tree in Judges chapter 6 and the angel of God was speaking to him. I believe he's talking about things like Abram when the three men came. One of them, the Bible says, is the Lord and the other two were angels of God. And he didn't even know it, but he entertained them unawares. And because I believe that my God is the same yesterday and today and forever, I believe that that might could be the case even today. But what I do know is that even if they're not angels, when Jesus is teaching his disciples in Matthew 25, says, if you give them a cold glass of water in my name, if, if you do this unto the least of these, it says you've done it unto me. We are hospitable to others. We are hospitable and encouraging to strangers because as we serve for the glory of God, it brings honor and glory to the name of God. And what else should we be doing? But in everything that we do, bring honor and glory to the name of the one who called us. The one who, as Hebrews would tell us, is far superior to everything that you can imagine. And so because of that, we should be showing this love for one another. This love for those who come. This love for the strangers in our midst. So as a church, I want to encourage us. There's love here. There's care here. There's concern for one another here. Let's don't isolate that love and care just to the select group of people that we already know and care about. But as God draws men and women and boys and girls and students to this fellowship, to this body of Christ, to this family of God... Let me encourage you to allow that love to grow and expand and to bring them into those already existing relationships. And I promise you the more people you bring in, the more love you share, the more blessed by God you will be because in turn you're going to receive love, you're going to feel love, you're going to know that they are also loving and concerned about you. And that means when we have visitors, when we have guests, when we have everything coming on and we have everything going on, that the body of Christ rallies together to love and care for one another but also to demonstrate and reach out to those who are in need around us to love them and care for them and to show them hospitality. If you want to see a church that is fully united in the work of Christ, show me a church that loves one another and is hospitable to one another and you can see it. You can understand it. You can know what it's like to fully live out the Christian life as you live it out amongst one another in deep and intimate relationship with one another. Hebrews tells us, Let brotherly love continue. If you say you want to follow the commands of God, then follow the commands of God. Don't neglect hospitality. If you say you want to follow the commands of God, then follow the commands of God. We have right here at Iron City Baptist Church the potential... To do absolutely amazing things for the kingdom of God. We've got a lot of pieces in place and we're juggling them and shifting them and moving them to where they fit perfectly together as we're led and called by the Spirit. But this one, this piece that I believe will make the difference in everything else that we do, This piece requires every single one of us moving and taking part in loving one another and showing hospitality to those in need. What will you do? How will you respond? Do you want the pieces to come together? Do you want God to use us to do amazing things in this community and around the world he is more than capable. He is more than able. And we have more than enough resources to do whatever it is that He calls us to do. So let me encourage you. We're not going to have an open invitation as normal, but we are here if you need counseling. We're going to have a hymn of a song of invitation. And as we do that, you respond right where you are. If you need to talk to somebody, come grab Zach. Come grab myself. Come grab Cody before he comes up. But let me encourage you. It's our responsibility as children of God to demonstrate the love of God to one another and to those in need. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning. And Lord, we know that you are God and we know that you're greater than we could ever imagine. Father, we understand that you are working in and amongst us. Father, we know that there is love here. We know that those individuals that are here love one another. And Father, we want to see that love grow and expand. We want to see it get stronger and greater for one another. Father, we want to understand and experience the love that we have for one another in deeper and more intense ways. Father, we would ask that you would just continue to draw us closer together. Allow us to love you and to serve you in ways that we never thought we could before. Father, we know that your truth is in your word. We know that the commands that you have given us are great and that we desperately need to love you and love others and follow your word. Father, give us the courage, the strength, and the boldness to do so. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.